Deep inside every one of us is a lion waiting to be unleashed. Are you ready to be unleashed into your destiny? As we stand on the edge of time, the web of deception is being unraveled. Carl Joseph offers you the red pill and the keys to unlock the shackles of your mind. Get ready to be transformed by God's supernatural power. Let's join him now. It is desirous that we not only understand our authority in Christ Jesus, but we know how to use it. We have no spiritual authority in and of ourselves, but the authority is found in the name of Jesus Christ, as I will explain shortly. The first measure of authority we must enforce is authority over our flesh. Any context of spiritual warfare in the Bible is first and foremost addressing the war between our flesh and spirit. They are at enmity with each other. They are hostile to one another, as the Bible says. If we take full control over our flesh, then we hereby give no place or foothold to the devil, and he has no means to devour us. Wrestling with the devil and demon forces is a secondary skirmish after we've crucified the flesh, and they cannot take any ground in our lives if we maintain our flesh's crucifixion. Remember, we can cast out evil spirits for sure, but we can't cast out our flesh. It must be crucified daily. Whenever we cast out a spirit without dealing with the underlying fleshly root or axis point, it's like mowing the grass, it will keep coming back. We must deal with the root of the issue or the heart of the matter always when we seek to perform deliverance in a person's life or confront strong addictions that seemingly cannot be overcome but they can be overcome with the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus. I must also warn you that if you repeatedly give in to the flesh in your life, then over time you will reap corruption, and in some rare instances you may grant access to demonic forces if you're not careful. No one likes to talk about this, but it's a biblical fact. Settling the flesh issue is not a one-time affair. The flesh's crucifixion requires steadfast diligence and ongoing discipline to keep it under. But how do we do this? By walking in the Spirit. Some people are so focused on everything being caused by a demon, they get off track when they do this. Demons are real, certainly, but they're not our major concern. The flesh is our major concern. Maybe some of us need a kick in the pants. I'm speaking metaphorically, of course. <laughs> not everything is caused by a demon, friend. There are spiritual laws, the laws of cause and effect, sowing and reaping, the law of agreement, etc. We can forge our life by these laws and abide by them, and there are consequences for moving or sowing negatively into our lives. If we become fixated with the hordes of darkness, you'll find out they will become more real to you because whatever you magnify or focus upon will become more real to you. If you magnify Jesus, friend, he will become more real to you. But magnify the devil and his demon forces and you will find out their dark presence will be strengthened in your life. We don't want to do that. Our thoughts should be towards the Lord and his word, not fear or anxiety or worry or doubt or whatever. Remember, friend, the mind is the battlefield. Now, Satan commonly utilizes the same three temptations on man as he did 2,000 years ago and as he did in the Garden of Eden. Why? Because they work, that's why. Why change tactics if they work? These effective satanic weapons are identified as the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. These can be found in 1 John 2.16 and are prevalent throughout humanity. The temptations you encounter stem from these three sources. 
When Satan tried to offer Jesus the kingdoms of this world in exchange for bowing down to him, that was a temptation in line with the lust of the eyes. When Satan offered Jesus food when he was hungry after a long fast, that was the lust of the flesh. And finally, when Satan tempted Jesus to throw himself down from the high place so angels could catch him, that was the pride of life. Friend, the first measure of spiritual warfare, as I've said, is keeping our flesh under. The next arena is the realm of evil spirits. It's no use trying to fight the demon hordes if there are still some fleshy things that need to be resolved in your personal life. We need to do both, of course. Satan, unfortunately, doesn't take vacations. But there are seasons of temptations in our lives, followed by seasons of rest. But we always need to keep that armor on. Now, you have authority because you have a physical body. Having a physical body enables you to have dominion on this earth. Evil spirits and Satan himself, or other angels for that matter, do not have authority on this earth. So their strategy is to oppress or even possess men in order to gain influence and ultimately control. Believe it or not, Jesus himself had to be born through the natural birth gate in order to have authority on this earth. Psalm 115.16 says, The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth has he given to the children of men. And that is why Jesus had to go through the natural birthing process if he wanted authority on the earth. We read about this process indirectly in John's Gospel in chapter 10. If you recall, Jesus was often called the Son of Man, particularly in the Gospel of Luke. And this conforms to the view that man had authority and dominion. Christ was born into this dominion, and Christ laid aside his divinity to function as a man, baptized with the Holy Ghost, and operating in the gifts of the Spirit. John 10.10 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Jesus entered this earth through the sheepfold. He entered through the legal means of natural birth, with the seed of his father and through the womb of Mary. Jesus entered through the natural birth gate, so he had rightful physical authority to minister on this earth, as you do, friend. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, as you are and can be. Man has dominion on this earth, and therefore we have authority because we have a physical body. This is the sheepfold. But someone who climbs up some other way does not have dominion. He's a thief and a robber. The other way, friend, described here, is through demonic oppression or possession. A spirit being needs a physical body in order to manifest himself. If Satan can influence a national leader, then he can cause great harm in the earth because he would be circumventing the rightful authority God had conferred to that leader. That is why, in the Garden of Eden, Satan appeared as a serpent. He needed a physical body. He possessed a serpent and spoke to Adam and Eve through the creature's vocal cords. And this is a prime example of climbing up some other way in verse 10 that I just read. Evil spirits have the power to either oppress or even possess both man and animals. And this is usually coined under the term demonization. This is well documented in the Bible, and for those who do not know Jesus as Savior, then you're certainly more vulnerable to demonic attacks than those of us in Christ Jesus. We have authority over Satan and his demon forces. This is a scriptural fact, whether you believe it or not, and Luke 10:19 reveals this. You have authority over Satan in your personal life. 
And it's a tragedy to leave that authority dormant through either ignorance or unbelief. In these sessions, I can solve the ignorance aspect. You will know by the end of this broadcast, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you have authority in Christ. But enforcing that authority is entirely up to you. I cannot do it for you, my friend. We must know and do, not just know. Knowing by itself is not good enough. Knowing how to use a weapon is not enough. We must use the weapon or it is not a weapon at all. Now in the time of Christ, Zeus was the king god of the pantheon. He was the king of Greek gods and the Greek-speaking people of the world at that time, and in direct opposition to God himself. He is the Greek equivalent of the Roman god Jupiter. If you recall in the book of Revelation, there is mention of the seat of Satan. This was referring to a throne set up for Zeus in modern-day Turkey. Let's read Revelation chapter 2 verses 12 through 13. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he which hath the sword with two edges. I know thy works, and where you dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And you holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwells. Satan felt at home in Pergamos, which was a mecca for false gods. Pergamos itself means elevated or exalted. Satan loves the high places and the dry places. In fact, in the lovely mountains where we live, above 7,000 feet in elevation, we've counted at least four shrines to false gods in the region. Pergamus even had a counterfeit healing spa called the Asclepia, based on the serpent god Asclepius, which the public would visit for healing in the waters. But friend, Satan offers no real healing. It's always a counterfeit. It comes at a price. Now Antipas, in the passage, was the bishop of Pergamon and ordained by the Apostle John. At the top of the altar to Zeus was a bull-shaped idol made of bronze, designed for human sacrifice. This is how sick and twisted Satan is. He loves human sacrifice. Antipas died because he would not acknowledge Zeus as God. He was bishop and a martyr. It's no different today, friend. America has sacrificed 59 million children by abortion in the altar of Zeus, and Europe is no different. Interestingly, Carl Human discovered this very monument to Zeus in 1864 and transported it for display in Berlin, Germany, in 1930. And guess who took a liking to it? Yep, you've guessed it, Adolf Hitler. He used this throne as a template for the design of his inaugural Nazi party speech platform at Nuremberg. It became known as the Zeppelin Tribune. Evil is as evil does, as Forrest Gump nearly said. Is it any coincidence that evil men are drawn to these evil monuments, or unbeknownst to them, were evil spirits influencing them to erect such a platform as a symbol from which to launch their desire for world domination? As I said before, we need to pray for our leaders, those in authority, because unknowingly they may be subject to principalities, powers, and rulers of this world in the heavenly realms. And this is the ultimate example of being falsely led by evil forces. Remember what it says in Proverbs 29.2, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked rule, the people mourn. The point I'm making today, friend, is that Satan and his forces are real. This isn't fantasy. This isn't Star Wars or make-believe. The church must not be blind to his devices, schemes, traps, or snares. Someone once said, If Satan can't destroy the church through persecution, he will try through compromise which is perhaps far more dangerous of a weapon because of 
its subtlety. And if you've witnessed the corruption of recent Bible versions and the emergent church movement in recent times and the joining of apostate Christianity with Islam, then you know this to be true. So, friend, let's read Philippians 2, 8 through 11. It is speaking of where our authority lies. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even to the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Friend, every knee must bow to the name of Jesus, whether it's voluntary in this life or involuntary in the next. Jesus' name is above cancer, AIDS, arthritis, fibromyalgia, celiac disease, Crohn's disease, whatever the enemy has concocted. Jesus' name is above it, friend. And it's time to start using that name in your life to command the symptoms of sickness and disease to leave, to stand on the authority that Christ gave you. Friend, healing is still for today. Don't listen to anybody who tells you the contrary. God is still in the healing business. He is still in the miraculous business. He can pull through for you. Only believe, my friend, and speak his word. You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who's witnessed God's supernatural power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl is a unique researcher who investigates current affairs, societal trends, technology, cults, and end-time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button 